Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to episode three. This is uh, the Jeff and Rye Hockey Podcast with your host, Rye. I'm also with Steph and Jeff, as always. We're going to uh, jump right into it here and get into who wore the pylon. Steph, who wore your pylon this week? Well, last night I happened to be watching that Calgary playing Montreal game. Good hockey game, great goaltending. Great game to watch if you're uh, into those kind of low-scoring games. And as an ex-goalie, that's exactly what I love. But there was a time where there was a three-on-one down, one-nothing. The Montreal Canadiens come down and don't even put the puck on the net. What are Ooh. you doing? This is a three-on-one. You are NHL hockey players. I think those <laughs> kids perform that better. <laughs> that, like, that's a pylon move if I've ever seen one. Uh, you learn that in novice boys. <laughs> what happened on the play? Was it like did it just hop a hop a stick or something? Oh, or like, what? like toe jander, like Thomas Edison soccer just center the corner. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, uh that's a good pylon. I like that one. Jeff, who wore your pylon this week? Uh, I hate to do it to my own team, but I got to go with the Senators. I, I, know, I know Steph called them out last week, and the fact they just followed it up with another three straight losses in the week, and, and it was to Vancouver, you know, a team that was taking a little bit to kind of come into their own. And, uh, yeah, just, you know, 16 goals against in three games and only three goals for. It That's was uh, it was just a rough week all around uh, being an Ottawa fan, and I'm sure being in the organization was even worse. So I, I got to go give the pylon to, to my own team, the Sens, again. Tough to do it, but I think it's the right back call. Back-to-back weeks. Yeah, it's, With uh, all these pylons, the Sens are going to be directing traffic here soon. <laughs> I know. Something's going to have to change. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Hey, actually, uh, in, uh, in-house Leafs fan, I'm going to be taking Matthew Kachuk to wear my pylon this week. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, honestly, the guy, Jake Munson, flips a little puck out of your chest, wouldn't have hurt a baby. You get up and lose your mind. At least when uh, you got up, Munson dropped the stick. You go at his face with your stick in your hands. You freak out like a toddler. You go into your bench. You start breaking stuff. Some poor equipment manager is going to have to pick all that shit up because you got to <laughs> act like a toddler because Jake Munson flipped the puck at you. Like, come on, you're a professional athlete, act like you're at least you know, have some sense of decency, not uh, not some guy who's going to flip out over the spot. Anyways, uh, speaking of which, Jeff brought up that uh, his pile in this week that went to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Jeff and uh, Steph and I have been talking about the Sens, obviously, with uh, Jeff being a Sens fan. Um, you know, there was a lot of hype and a lot of uh, positive emotions after the big first win against the Leafs in the, the start of the season. Uh, you know, like every team, they have a lot of hope going into the season that at least they, they would be competitive. And since that first game, uh, you know, hopes have fallen off in Sen plan. I know the fans, or the fans are really starting to have enough of how the team's performing. doesn't look like uh, they're giving their best effort every night. Uh, their power play has not been very good. So really, with all the young talent that they have, uh, we just wanted to talk about the Sens and where we see them going this season. Uh, Jeff, I'm going to pass it off to you because being your being the in-show uh, Sens fan, what uh, what do you think is going wrong there, and and uh, how does the team turn it around? Honestly, it's it's a lot of uh, different things that seem to be the issue right now. Uh, face-off percentages aren't good; they're not winning draws. That's one thing that sticks out to me. I know it's you know nothing major; it's just a face-off, right? There's the whole rest of the game, but when you're not starting with the puck, you're chasing the game right away once the puck drops. 
Uh, they're only 45% in the circles this year. They're actually third worst, so they're sitting 29th out of the 31 teams in the league. Uh, just need a better effort there all around. I'm watching the game Wednesday night on national TV against the Canucks, and, you know, the, the right mentality is there. I'm watching them try and get pucks deep, but, like, they're just not making smart plays on getting pucks deep. So there's times they're throwing pucks in. It's going way too hard around the boards. Vancouver's the easy to recover and get puck possession. It goes back the other way. Other times it's too light. Guys aren't skating hard enough in on the four track. They just kind of look like they're trying to find their chemistry right now. To me, it just looks like it's a lack of chemistry within the team, within the lineups. Uh, obviously, goaltending, you know, a little very, I shouldn't say a little. It's been very disappointing so far for Matt Murray. Uh, you know, he's rocking an 859 save percentage right now. 4.39 goals against in his six games played as an Ottawa Senator. Um, those numbers aren't even close to his career stats. You know, he's in a 9.12 save percentage goaltender with a, a 9.72 goals against. So, you know, Ottawa giving him that money, bringing him in and putting that trust and confidence in him. You know, they're really hoping they were going to get those numbers out of him and uh, a new shot here in Ottawa. And I know it's, it's going to be tough for him uh, just to find some confidence as well. So, I think overall, it just looks like a lack of confidence right now. Rye, I know you mentioned earlier when, you know, a team can kind of lose their confidence, it can really start to unravel. And I think it, it's just in this short week and a half, it kind of happened real fast and they just haven't been able to kind of find some confidence. Uh, going so if you're, Peter, if you're Peter Morgan, uh or, uh, you know, whoever should be the captain on a team, I guess one of the assistants you could ask, if you know, if you're one of these guys with a head coach, what do you say to the fans to to try to get some hope back in the club? Um, obviously, it's tough right now because you know, as a fan, you can tell that they're not giving their 100 percent effort every night. So I think that it's got to start with that. But what do you say to the fans to you know try to get some hope and and uh, get some of the anger out of them? Obviously, it's going to be tough when you you know you're in a tough division. But uh, I know the fans' backlash has been strong in in Ottawa. So uh, what would you say to them if, if you're one of the important guys for that club? Yeah, I'm not making excuse or anything, but you're in a tough division. You're you're in the North Division. It's a very tough division. You're going to play, you know, six other teams in this division are all playoff teams, in my opinion. If you look at any one of those teams, uh, it's either going to be the Jets, the Canucks, the Flames. Another two of those teams are going to be left out with Ottawa this year. So... Those are great teams, all teams that I know the playoffs are a little bit extended last year, but all those teams made the playoffs last year. Am I not correct? Other than just Ottawa. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're correct there. I will. But I would say that doesn't excuse a lack of effort. If I'm if I'm playing devil's advocate, that's what I would say. Yeah, but Ryan, uh, have you really been watching Ottawa games? Because you're saying a lack of effort. It's yeah, I don't think it's a lack, lack of, of effort, effort at all. I think it's yeah, it's, I, I think I you're offside on that, Ryan. There's a lot yeah. of youth out there. So I actually like just not making the right plays or not doing the right things like that'll come with time that's part of learning the game like I think you're missing a savvy vet to teach this young group how to how to be that way how to do the right things yeah that was, that was supposed to be Derek Stepan yeah um I mean that's that's what I was just gonna say to Steph that guy's point. like, like 60 so... years old isn't he <laughs> <laughs> he's a baby might be. I uh, he might be Exactly. He's a young guy, but I just don't, I don't, I don't know what to, like, I guess, I guess with the way I, I was just thinking about this for the podcast an hour or two ago about Ottawa and, you know, is there a lot of high expectation? Like, 
like when Toronto drafted their guys and, and the rebuild was taking place, like they got their number one guy in Austin Matthews. Like I know we just draft, drafted Tim Stutzel, but it's his first year. He's a third overall pick. He's not a first overall. He's not compared to an Austin Matthews. Never will be. Um, you know, so I'm just thinking, is expectations maybe too high from everyone on this team? Is that possible? I think it's. I think that's possible, right? Like it. Uh, expectations. So basically, what like losing sixteen. So what you're saying is, stay the course, try to get you know, try to get better, and stay the course. Is that kind of what you're what you're saying? I don't know, Stace. What were you trying to Was say expectations there? Expectations really like sixteen goals though, like. You can expect to not be good, but to be that bad defensively and like it's it's not only sixteen goals for it's the three, or it's seventeen goals for it's thirty six goals against. You're you're over double your goals against played? and goals for. Uh they have played eight games. Thirty six goals against. Yep. Wow. Like that's not anything that's just performance based right there. Like it's okay to it, lose, it, but I don't think uh, I don't think that uh, uh, Matt Murray's been that bad. Yes, his numbers are terrible, and I will give you guys that. But as you know, as a defenseman watching their defensive play and knowing who their staff are back there, I think a lot of this has got to fall in their defensive play. I mean, some of that would be forwards as well, not not playing well enough defensively. But when your number two defenseman is Nikita Zaitsev, I mean, that's arguable. Mm. But that like he's. He's up there, and like as a former Leafs or as a Leafs fan, talking about a former Leafs player, um, I, I mean, I could not wait to see that guy get out of town. And uh, I think I don't know. Oh, I, get, I don't know how if, many teams would you be a number two on? None, yeah. zero. So like, uh, you make a good point there for sure. Oh, definitely. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you, Ryan. I I know you would know a bad blue line when you see one. You, you're a Leafs fan, so that's all you guys ever see. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. They have not a good blue line, but this year I think they have. Uh, I think they have a good good staff of D back. It's here. always this year. Eh? It's never. Uh, it's always <laughs> this year. Next year. All right, I'll, I'll let now. Yeah, I've been taking heat. some heat. I had I had to throw some heat elsewhere. All right, boys. I just had to. Well, <laughs> fair enough. Your sins are getting dragged in the mud a little bit here. I get it. I get it. I, I enjoyed yeah, that, no, actually. The 11.8% the on the power play, that's not good enough. Uh, 2.13 goals for a game is not good enough. Like, if you're barely scoring two goals, uh, that's not good enough as a forward group. You're letting in four and a half goals against the game. Uh, again, I think that falls more on the defense than Matt Murray, but Murray does need to be better. Ottawa has $10 million in cap space. Eugene Melnick needs to get off his wallet, spend a couple dollars on a veteran, or make a deal that you're getting some salary back. Somebody that's going to give you guys some confidence. Somebody that's going to teach these young guys the right ways to be, uh, the ways to be a good pro and somebody who can still play. Not just somebody for motivational factor in the dressing room, but somebody who's good and that can play. Um, I don't know. I think that you know what do you? What yeah, are your I, I, it's that? a it's a great idea, Rye. I just being an Ottawa fan and knowing that the money's not there, like to spend, like it's we're a budget team. So I get what you're saying. It's just unfortunately that's just not going to happen, for, especially in and with COVID going on. Like there's no big source of revenue coming back in for the team. Like. I just it it just sucks. It's just painful. I think if you're a fan and you truly know the organization, you truly know what's going on with the team as best as what we can see and hear from the media. 
Um, I think it, this is just something that you kind of just got to, you got to, like Steph was saying before the podcast started about the rookies and the youth, and you just got to kind of have hope in that, I think. But that being said, though, like, Melnick is still a billionaire. And, you know, <laughs> a lot of other teams, yes, are they having having issues with with money uh, coming in. But, you know, like teams like Winnipeg, for instance, uh, those guys are burning $20 million a year just lighting on fire because they can. Their owners are so rich, it doesn't matter. Eugene's probably the poorest owner or part poorest ownership group in Ottawa or in the NHL, right. and it's you know times like this is it's obviously showing. For sure, you know, like Definitely. they spend ten million dollars extra to get even closer to the cap. Um, and honestly, I think if he could, he would have he would have shed even more salary. But you know, you got to put something on the ice. So and you can you got to have so many skaters. So I think like I think a lot of it comes down to maybe pos. I don't know. You can't force the owner to sell the team, but I think that solves some problems for you guys not all of them but some of them for sure yeah like bil- billionaires they go they go bankrupt too right just because i just love hearing i thought a billionaire, billionaire to get off his wallet you brick yeah yeah like pay some guys to play for your hockey club maybe get some staff there are a lot of rumors out there that like they work with like a third of the actual like internal staff that any other team in the NHL does. Like freaking sounds like Dorian's got to scrub toilets because they can't afford a uh, janitor. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, you know, I mean, there's issues in that organization that start with Eugene Melvin. So the thing is, like you say all that, Ryan, yeah, Ottawa drafts better than the Leafs do and the Leafs got billions. Like, just because we don't pay a scout a, a million dollars to go scout and he doesn't know what he's doing, uh-huh. like... I'm I'm sorry. Who's on the Ottawa Senators? Are they better than Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Morgan Riley? Austin, oh, Matt, Austin Matthews is a result of a draft lottery ball, son. That's nothing you guys did to go. So you're saying that Ottawa doesn't know how to lose properly? Well, I don't know if we don't know how to get this draft figured out in your situation. I mean, we weren't Marner losers. Was, we haven't been oh. losers for as long as you guys been in the last 20 years, right? We're still trying to Marner figure has- this losing thing out. <laughs> right? I think you've been figuring it out for a while. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready to go to the next subject here, Steph. I think okay. this is getting out. Of Emotions hand are flying. That's okay. That's okay. Emotions are flying. Jeff Wrong, you can't accept <laughs> that. Speaking of all, you know, I think we should big story over to uh, yeah the little thing that's going on in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, here. yeah, no, I I agree. So the story that comes out. Uh, this week, Jim Rutherford resigns his position as GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, he quotes for personal reasons. Uh, there's been some rumors that have leaked uh, since that announcement. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, the rumor is is that uh, Jim Rutherford is trying to facilitate a deal to move Chris Letang off the team and try to get, obviously, some return. Um, the, the rumor is that the Mary Lemieux group decided that they did not want this trade to happen. Uh, Jim Rutherford basically made it known that, you know, if he can't do what he feels he needs to make the team better, he doesn't want to be a part of the organization anymore. They said, well, you can do what you want, but you're not trading Latang. So he resigned uh, for personal reasons. Um, I think that makes sense. I, I think it's more than just a rumor. Uh, it sounds like he's not done in the NHL. He's not a young man by any means. Um, but, uh, you know, he sounds like he still wants to be in the NHL going forward. So. I don't think it's an age thing. I think it, it sounds like this rumor is true that he couldn't uh, actually make the move that he wanted to make. That being said, um, I think that we should talk about the Pittsburgh Penguins as a whole. 
Um, you know, obviously, if he's trying to make that deal, he feels that he has a depreciating asset in LePang. He knows that he still has value. He's trying to get something back in return for him. Obviously, they're in a tough cap uh, situation like everybody else is. Um, and then with the, the pandemic going on, they're not bringing in any, any revenue. Um, so it makes sense that they want to move them. But I think, you know, the biggest question is, is what does Pittsburgh do going forward? Even if they're going to get a new GM, obviously he's going to have to listen to the, the Lemieux group. Um, you know, what does he do? do? Do they start a rebuild? Does Crosby want to go through rebuild? You know, Crosby's going to be 34 this year. Malcolm's going to be 35. Latang is going to be 34. These are not young players we're talking about. How much more do they have in them? How, do they have another cup in them? And if they don't, they really have to think about a rebuild. And that starts with trading guys like Latang, maybe Malkin, maybe Crosby. Uh, I just wanted to get uh, your thoughts, Steph, on, on what Pittsburgh, what do you think Pittsburgh should do going forward um, after they fall? Well, like, right now, with the time being the way it is, with everything that's going on in the world, it's like, you're kind of going to take that away from the fans and the people like, and just leave them with the dog shit team pretty well. Like, you're, you're going to trade for low assets and pick what you get to trade for, right? You know, the other the other side of that coin is maybe this is the best time to do it because there are no fans in the building. There's nobody to boo. There's, there's no nobody to do, to you know, have that negative feedback. Oh I, oh, I know that for sure. But at least, like, the organization won't feel it you know, at, at their arena, you know, there, there won't be that embarrassment, at least it'll be online or, uh, you know, socially distanced or whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, some would argue that this year would might've been the best year to try to lose. Or if you're going to do something that you think that fans are going to look at negatively, this year would be the year to do it because they don't, they're not actually in the building. Too would be like, uh, when you look at Vancouver and the Sabine twins, like they held onto them for too long and they should have moved them at a point where they could have yeah. got good assets for them. And, Hurry, like, rush this rebuild a little faster than what it's been. Mind you, it all seemed to work out for them. Yeah. Again. Like, they're a young team. They look good. But you can look at it that way and see from the past and don't let history repeat itself, as they would say. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Um, you know, I wouldn't, I think, you know, it would have been fair for the for uh, Vancouver to trade the Sedin to try to get them a cup. I think, you know, they're two really great players that'll probably be in the Hall of Fame um, that, you know, they didn't win a cup uh, because they had their chances, no doubt. But I think, you know, especially in the latter years of their career, um, the they didn't really have a team that even come to doing that. My guard dogs are going Oh, something's happy. That's okay. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think uh, that would have been good for them. It would have been good for them to try to speed up the rebuild a little bit. Jeff, what do you think? Do you think uh, a Tang trade is a good idea for the Penguins? And, you know, do you think they can do, do a retool on the fly and keep Malkin? Or do you think they should tear it down and do a full rebuild? Because, really, their depth outside of those top guys, I mean, you guys, you got like guys like uh, Brian Rust and uh, Drumalin. Um, Gensel. But, Gensel. But outside of that, like, you know, they got you guys really named like Teddy Bluger. Like, who? With that reason. They have this talent up on the front end, but they've always had secondary scoring and good penalty killers. And like, they've always had depth on the roster. Yeah. I mean, no, no strong goalie. This is the first year that they, uh, they don't have like that strong goaltender back there. They, they took a chance on Tristan Yari and uh, they got Casey DeSmith as his backup which is a really unproven tandem. And I think that, you know, that's partially showing. 100% um, that. We were talking about that last night. 
yeah for, for their sure. team for sure I, so, I, honestly, I, mean, I would uh, I would build right around Crosby. I would I would trade out Malkin. I would trade out Latang. I'd be I'd be willing to trade everyone but Crosby at this point right now in the organization if I was the Penguins GM. But I'm, yeah, I'm crazy. You trade I get Crosby, it. But I guess Five G moved, right? I would yeah. trade Crosby. Though is what I'm saying, Stace. I would because to me, like Crosby's just such a competitor. He's such an athlete. He no, that's what I mean. Like, game. how could like, you trade that? Like, do you know what that's for the fan base? No, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I couldn't trade. Yeah. No, I couldn't. I, yeah. I would not trade Crosby. What does a what does an Benny Malkin trade look like? You know, like what is he? What is he worth? Like, that's a big. He is so still a good player. Um, a you'd first? be at least. Oh, for sure. Like uh, more than that. It's got to be more than that. No, no. I, I, I think he's still he's still on the top tier player in the NHL, man. I wouldn't call him a superstar. The There's only a couple of those so, guys, though, but he's, kind of he's in the tier right? below. He has. There's no doubt. But, I mean, at the same time, I think he's probably his game. Like, any veteran that's been playing the game forever, their games change. Obviously, if you slow down a little bit, you become a little smarter. Um, I think that's part of it. Yeah, he he maybe slowed down a little bit, but he comes a little, became a little smarter. He still gets lots of points. Still good in the draw. He's still big centerman. Can still skate decently well. Um, I think he's gonna be like I don't even think he's a deadline move. I think he'd have to trade him in the offseason um, to try to make that work because I think he's got to get a huge package coming back. Wait, like what would you uh, want for him or ask for him? I mean, if you're, it depends on what your motivations are as, as Pittsburgh. If you're trading them and you're wanting to retool on the fly and keep Crosby, I think you can't just take futures. You got to take somebody, a prospect that's that's ready now or going to be ready very soon. Somebody you can hop into your lineup and start playing right away. Maybe not at their full potential yet, but somebody, you know, a centerman that uh, that could potentially, you know, take over and be as good as Malkin one day. Um, I think that would be you got to get a player would like DeBois that back been a good move? Uh, plus uh, you know what I think that would have been a good move for Pittsburgh I don't think it would have okay. been a good move for Columbus yeah. so that deal would have yeah. made sense I thought about it on the back side um, but uh, to me Columbus isn't in a place where they can they're not really going to push to win this year I don't think so for yeah, them it doesn't make sense to do that kind of press yeah yeah, I, honestly, a team that would uh, make a lot of sense, like if you're trying to do a deal like that right now, um, like how good would Montreal be with Malkin up the middle? Oh, yeah, you, yeah that, I was thinking that. I just didn't. I, yeah. Talking yeah. Yummy. Yeah. Yeah, I would have. No, I didn't see that. Bloody nose that was, and everything. I loved it. Watched that was, it 20 times. It not as bad it. as no, like patches, no, no. though. Like, like when Charles nice. smoked patches, was it? No, no. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I think it's, it would be a package built around uh, Cockney Emmy, maybe uh, Victor Mete, uh, who we're going to talk about later. Um, you know, probably a good, def- a good young defenseman, uh, Cockney Emmy, and a pick. Probably that would be the the deal. That's actually a nice little package. Yeah. And for Pittsburgh, you know, I think that's you, – you're getting a guy that can play right now in Kakanyemi, and he's going to play behind a guy like Crosby who can teach him a lot, and uh, I think that would be a good spot for him. Uh, you're getting, you know, a young defenseman um, or another young forward that can be either play this year or play next year, and then a draft pick 
either like maybe like a second round pick or something like that. Um, yeah, I think I don't think uh, I don't think it could be a first. I think that would maybe be too much, um, or like a first that's like top ten protected or something like that. Um, that would be that would have to be the deal if I'm Pittsburgh. Um, but I think Montreal, like they could do that, and then you got Suzuki and Malkin as your as your top guys plus Phil Deneau. Uh They could get scary good doing a move like that, and they got cap space to do it. So, um, to me, I think that would be. That'd be a huge deal for Montreal. I, I mean, I hate saying it because it's being a Leafs fan, and uh, but man, they could be scary. They could be scary good if they did something like that. Um, okay, well that's I, I like that. I like that. You know, we kind of are all on the same same page there. Um, moving on from the Penguins, I want we want to get into a new segment called Steph's Can't Miss Bet for this week. Uh, coming up, Steph, I'm going to pass it off to you. Who? What is your can't miss bet this. So as the podcast is uh, degenerate, uh, this week I was looking at some of the numbers <laughs> on the Vegas line. So right now they got Nashville, Tampa over five and a half plus one thirty-eight. Really like those numbers. Um, if you watched the game last night, I believe it was that game went well over five and a half. I see it going over five and a half again. Uh, one thirty-eight, like I said, great numbers. You put a hundred down, you pay back one hundred thirty-eight off of it. Uh, so yeah, that's why I can't miss better the week. And uh, mortgages, bet your house is so everything uh, again. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be uh, just be clear that's two thirty yeah, yeah, coming back on a hundred dollar bet. Yeah. So you yeah, you yeah, get your yeah. hundred back. Okay. Yeah. No, I like it. I, I like that. Nashville's uh, been a little shaky in between the pipes. Uh, Tampa can score a lot of goals. I like that uh, over five and a half bet. Um. We're going to go move on to another storyline that came out this week. Sorry, lost my train of thought. Uh, we're going to talk about another storyline that kind of came out last night um, in headlines. Uh, basically, that uh, Victor Mete wants out of Montreal and Sam Bennett wants out of Calgary. Uh, another two young guys wanting trades out of their respective clubs. This coming after uh, Patrick Lane requested a trade, Jack Rossovic requested a trade, Patrick, uh, or not, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, requested a trade out of town, and now you have uh, Sam Bennett and Victor Mete uh, requesting trades. What are your guys' thoughts on all these young guys all of a sudden wanting to come out? It seems like kind of one guy did it, now they all feel like they can do it. I'm going to go to Jeff on this one just to start. Jeff, what are your thoughts on on these young kids wanting out? Is it starting to become too much of a theme? Um, what are your What are your thoughts on the whole situation? Might as well just call us the National Basketball oh, Association. Oh, it. It's just pl- it. players, players, players picking what what they want to get paid, where they want to play. Um, we'll sit out. We'll do this. We'll. It to me, it's just I, I get it. Like as being employed you know like just like myself i i have the right to, to work where i want and if i'm not happy i guess at the end of the day i could search for work elsewhere just like all of us out there so i do have to have some respect towards the players in that i just it's just getting frustrated and i just know steph you, you just how we we're talking just before the podcast started here it's just it's too much it's just enough's enough it's it just seems like I don't know. What the, I, I'm just frustrated. I'm kind of lost in words. There's an RFA and a UFA. Until you get to become a U, you need to sit down and shut the F up. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, 
So I think that's interesting, right? Like both these players are feeling like they want to trade to their respective clubs uh, because they're not getting fair opportunity for play and ice time and that uh, they're not getting looks. So based on what you guys are saying, it sounds like they need to earn that opportunity and not just expect it because they were, you know, highly touted prospects. Is well, that, is that kind of what you mean? Like as being a wingspan, it's not like unknown that we pretty much make everyone go to the minors right away. No matter how good you are, how yep. hard you're drafted, yep. you go and spend some time in the minors, you ride the bus, you get your cold lunch meals, and you do what you have to do to learn how to become an NHL. <laughs> so you come up, you respect the position you're given, and you earned it in the right way. Not just sitting there like this Mete guy. How many games has he played? Probably over 100. Yeah, yeah, he's probably 100. 100, I get it. Has he shown anything? So does he deserve this ice time? Like, what is he... Is he taking um, away time? I mean, he, so like, so Rye, I'll I'll take the, I'll take this because I know sure. a little bit about him. Um, so he was more slotted space as their like fifth and sixth defenseman on the depth chart, and then when they went and brought in like Edmondson and um, uh, yeah, Sherry that's on there, defenseman's a little great. They, so he kind of got sh- shifted down in the depth chart from five six to more like a seven eight. So he's checking in and out and. Uh, I just think he's kind of obviously not the position he wants to be in. Obviously, a team like Montreal, they're pretty deep this year, and they look like they want to make some noise in the playoffs. So I think, you know, on a different team, uh, he maybe slots in at the 4-5, 5-6 spot somewhere in there, and he's going to get that ice time. He's going to get a chance to play every night. So from coming from Mete's perspective, right, he's just a young kid. He just wants to play in the NHL. He knows he deserves a spot somewhere in the NHL. It's just unfortunate he's on the six, seven spot. So he'd be happier going to spot playing minutes and like losing thirty-five games this year, as long as he gets his yeah. minutes. Like that's what these kids are about now. Come, come to Ottawa, he's our two guy. Hey, bring him in Ottawa, yeah, he's a two yeah. guy. Let's go get. Six he, probably, <laughs> he would be. <laughs> Let's go get. Six <laughs> Sorry, I had, I had to go. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I think you know, even just. Uh, our experiences in hockey, uh, obviously not playing at that kind of level, but even just playing growing up, um, you know, we were really ingrained in our age group that, you know, if you wanted or expected ice time, you need to earn. You need to, you know, your play needs to dictate that uh, that your play is has earned or that, you know, you deserve that ice time. Um, and, you know, just expecting because you think you're at one level is, uh, is another thing. Um, you know, and they're, it's part of the collective bargaining agreement. If you don't like it, you know, say so at the at, the, exactly. at these meetings. Don't, That's you know. That's a good point, Ryan. Great point. You obviously were excited. You were, you were excited to be there when you got drafted by them, um, or you were excited when you got there. You know, obviously that's changed now because you haven't played, but, you know, maybe you should be asking yourself why you're not playing and not blaming the organization exactly. for your issues. Right. So, so the other one that came out, Rye, was Bennett and – this just dropped last night. Do you know why or what all kind of transpired there? Yeah, it just sounds like he's just looking for a change of scenery. Um, you know, he's over a car you ride, remember. Man. Yeah. Go, go oh, for a car ride, man. Yeah, Bennett Bennett uh, was pretty highly touted when he was a prospect, right? Like he was, uh, you know, they were looking at him. Yeah. But no, he was supposed to be really good. And I think he's never really gotten the opportunity to be there to play on their top lines. Uh, he's always been like a third or fourth line guy. Um, and he's even tried to change his game just so that he could suit that more. You know, he actually spun the myth a couple of times last year. Um, so I think he's just looking for a change of scenery, looking for more of an opportunity. Um, 
which I don't really understand because, like I said, I have Calgary pegged to make the playoffs, so I think uh, they're going to need guys like him. But obviously, he thinks it's not good enough, so he wants he wants out. Yeah, when Jesse gets on the show, we'll have to get his uh, take on what's going on there and what line he's been playing on and, and what seems to be the issue. He might have some insight there for us. Yeah, no, so that was uh, that's going to be the next segment. We're going to be uh, getting Jesse here on in about uh, five like minutes. I've been on that. Um, but sure, yeah, yeah. Like when you like, said there that he's changed his game in the last couple of years, which he has, it's been really noticeable. I've actually liked the way he's changed his game. Like, I felt like it's added a nice little... Uh, little grit and like it's what a third fourth line guy needs to be when you're making a playoff run and I really think that's going to be important for them and it's, it's going to be a tough loss if they go if they can't replace that and he has a sick mustache can't take that yeah away. yeah no and I think uh Elliot said that brought that up when they were talking about it on the panel um that Calgary's not going to be in no. a rush to trade uh they're not under any obligation to trade him and unless he fits uh you know they're not going to uh, to be in a rush to trade him. That being said, if he pulls what Dubois did and uh, starts uh, going out there and not trying, that things could change very quickly. But uh, see, but I feel like they can say, you know, they, like Dubois was like they're all star, they're they're dependable. Where like he like they still have true. on hand, they still have Goudreau, they still have guys that they can lean on. Like Ben is not the most important on that. Yeah. Ice. I think that's a tough sell, though, for, you know, if you look at it from a business perspective, um, you know, that's a tough sell to ownership that, you know, this guy feels like he's being treated unfairly, so he's going to sit, and yet we're paying him, you know, a million and a half dollars. I can't remember exactly what his salary is, but uh, a million and a half, two million dollars to, to sit there and not play because he's having a damper tantrum. Redheads. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's... I love you guys. I can't, uh, I love you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think that's I think that's probably part of it. Um, so just to let him sit would be one thing. He hasn't said he's going to do that, so um, we'll wait and see. We'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Um, but moving forward, yeah, like I said, I was we're going to be bringing on Jesse here in a couple minutes. Him and I are are going to be talking about the the Leafs and Flames and everything that happened there this week, uh, which uh, obviously led to some pretty interesting storylines. I'm going to be passing the mic over to Steph, and he's going to kind of be asking us some questions about our teams and uh, um, how we thought the whole situation played out. But before we do that, uh, Jeff, Steph, I didn't tell you that I was going to be doing this, but I need you to let me take the mic here for two minutes. But basically, uh, I just want to uh, talk about something here real quick that means something to me. Um, This past Thursday was Bell Let's Talk uh, Day in Canada here, and... uh, Basically, it's for me, it's I just want to kind of tell my story a little bit. Um, you know, it's not something I've ever really shared with the public, my close friends and family know, but that's basically it. Uh, I've been struggling with anxiety for uh, the last almost decade. Um, I had my first anxiety attack in 2012, uh, and it got very serious uh, in 2017. was the first time I had to go to the hospital because of it. It just felt like I was, I was dying. Um, I think it's really important that we you know, we kind of bring along that message and the stigma that mental health is an issue. When I was growing up, um, you know, I, I didn't understand mental health and I thought I've seen that as a weakness until, and you don't really understand it until it affects you. And uh, we just want everybody to know out there that, um, you know, if there's stuff going on in your life, uh, there are people that will listen to you, whether it's family or friends, or I know there's lots of, of health lines out there that, you know, if you're struggling with stuff, 
uh, in your life that you need to talk about, please talk to somebody. Don't keep it to yourself. Um, it, uh, it affects you. It affects everybody. Somebody you know is being affected by it right now and you may not even know. So um, I think it's important that, you know, the stuff with like uh, Bell, Let's Talk uh, Day, I think it's important that we try to end that stigma and uh, people to get the help that they need and, and deserve. So um, that's basically all I wanted to say was just that, you know, it could be people that you may not expect, but uh, there's always people out there that need that may need your help and, um, you know, just keep an open mind and, and listen really, really to well the people there, that need you. Uh, especially, yeah, great uh, you word. Know, I hope a lot of the Sens fans are listening to that too because they're going to be needing to talk to people. Um, oh, trust me, yeah, they might need some the therapy line, sessions yeah. after that one. It affects people from major, major leaguers to NHLers to NFLers, just the regular people like you, me, and everyone else around here. So it's a true issue, and I think yeah, it's it's about time that's getting the uh, getting the look at that it needs to be. The respect, yeah, for sure, Steph. Just add a little bit to that. Just I, I totally agree with you, Ryan. I'm glad you brought that up. Just a great point. I I think you know you don't understand mental health until it actually affects you, like you said, Ryan. Until you go through it yourself, you know, like. I can say like, you know, don't stress out, but until you actually understand the anxiety that that person, uh, a family or friend might be under, you'll never truly understand. And I think it's just so important for us as as people to, to our family and friends and loved ones and strangers is just to be there to show compassion and kindness and to just to just listen to anyone. We don't always know what kind of day everyone's having, if it's a good day or bad day, right? Or what's going on in their own life. So I think it's just important that, uh, we're always make ourselves as, uh, as, as ready available to people to just be an open ear and to, to just show that we care, right? That's what we're called to do. Especially this, like for the last year, basically everybody's been locked sure. in their houses. Uh, I know depression's probably been been a big thing in everybody's lives uh, the last little while. You know, can't see family, can't see friends, can't even go to the store without wearing a mask. So I know it's heavy on everybody. So, you know, if you're struggling, Please uh, seek help don't and, be shy. and uh, don't be shy. you know, everybody has to don't be shy. That's yeah, right. I know. It's easier said than done, but you know, somebody wants to hear your story. So that's right. find, find that person to, to talk. So to get off of that, uh, thanks guys for letting me say my piece there. I'm going to be inviting Jesse right now. Do, 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 do. All right, we want to welcome Jesse Paul into the show. He's our uh, Flames fan that's uh, going to be giving us some insight on the team. And Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, uh, hey, thanks for having me on, boys. Yeah, no oh, problem. So this is a little segment we want to do for fun at the end of the show here, just talk about uh, the Leafs and Flames and the series, the little series they had this week. Uh, I'm going to pass the mic over to Steph, and he's going to ask us some questions, and we're going to go to war, bud. You ready? Not really, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steph, off to you, buddy. Let's go. Well, Jess, a long time ago talk. Probably about 12 yeah. hours ago, but yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> I'll just get your feelings right away out of the gate. How do you feel about the start of the flame season here? Yeah, they look pretty good. I mean, the only problem I think uh, we're having is every time we win, someone plays really good in net. So I think we need to address that. But 
other than that, flame season looks good. I mean, Elliot Friedman dropped a bomb last night that Bennett wants out. So that was on the podcast earlier. What's your feelings on that? Uh, I understand kind of why he wants out. I think I think he's looking for a little bit more ice time, but I think we need him. I think he's a vital piece to our organization. But you know, picked him I think sixth overall. So I would sad, be sad to see him leave. But I mean, if we can get someone in return, but uh, does that someone have to have a mustache? Yeah, I mean, yeah, every team's got to have one, right? Especially when Lanny McDonald's in the alumni group. <laughs> <laughs> amen, amen, amen to that, amen to that. All right, so now let's get to the juicy stuff, the tea, as they would say. Matthew the Chuck falling on Jack Campbell. Was that intentional? Was there meaning behind that? Who wants to lead it off? I'll give, I'll give, give that to Jesse right away. I know Rye's feeling already. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, all the Leafs fans feel the same way when something happens to them. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I don't see it was intentional. Uh, I think he just fell. I mean, if you're gonna push a guy onto your own goalie, I mean, I think he's gonna want to take that liberty every time. But I mean, it's Matthew Kachuk. It's what he does. He gets under everybody's skin, and he wants, he wants everybody to be talking about him. And uh, I don't think anything crazy is going to happen next game. I don't think he'll drop the gloves with anybody. I think he's going to try and get other guys to, you know, bite on the bait. But we'll see what happens. I, I, I'm really curious for the next Leafs Flames game. Rye, you? Well, to be honest, I really think that uh, Jake Muzzin's going to fill his face in. He's going to be spitting chiclets, uh, not to quote their podcast. But um, <laughs> no, I think, uh, you know, you know, looking back at the play, it's hard to tell whether he actually meant to do it or not. Um, I know a lot of these fans are jumping on the fact that it looked like he did. It I'm gonna was say, a little contact. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna say him falling was not on purpose. He did not on purpose fall. He was definitely pushed. However, if you Drive watch him as he's falling, he yeah. drives, he drives his knee into the back of Campbell's head or wherever he lands on there, his back or his head or whatever. That's he a fifty-year penalty football. Yeah, he definitely. <laughs> used his knee to try to injure i don't care what he says that he, he thought it was classic that he that he uh that people were blaming him for that but if you watch it back no did he tr- mean to fall what do you think it was right classic <laughs> classic he thought it was classic oh that's just a classic that's just a classic fan thing that think that i did that on purpose well it was classic because that's class- classic matthew kachuk being a shit to server being mm. a, a dink Trying to be Brad Marchand and failing at it, so that's how I how I feel about that. And then to act like a toddler after Muzzin flips the puck at you, like come on, man! Like like we talked about this earlier in the podcast, but like to freak out and then go over to the bench and freak out over there because the guy flipped the puck at you, like grow up. Like if I know freak out. I understand that thing. Like if somebody flipped the puck at you and you were on your knees on the ice, you wouldn't freak out. Oh, hundred well, percent. Not would. like that. Not like that. And drop your stick. Drop your stick. Right. If you want to fight somebody to do that, drop your stick. Yeah, he doesn't. He's not going to fight, though. You know that. He wants you to. He wants you to take the liberties. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. But like, how do you see it, Reezy? Uh, honestly, like, I I love what Matthew Kachuk brings to the table. I I love his game style, his game play. Um, I just feel that sometimes he's maybe a little bit out of line. I don't I don't have an issue with. Um, what happened with the Campbell thing, I guess, like with Ro- like what you guys said, he- it does look like he did drive the knee a little bit hard in there for sure. And as far as the whole, you know, the puck getting shot at him, 
I, I do agree with uh, Ryan on this that, you know, he should have, he was already in the wrong and he should have just kind of let that one go. I don't think it was nothing to get all. If, look, it, from Kachuk's point, if he's going to go and say this is typical Leafs saying that I did this on purpose, well, this is, then this is right for everyone else to say this is typical Kachuk getting mad over nothing, over a simple I feel little. Like both right. It is typical both ways. Yeah. I, and like this goes for Muzzin. This isn't just him hurting Campbell. This is this goes back. He was Drew Doughty's D partner when the whole Kachuk thing happened with Doughty and Kachuk. Um, mm-hmm. Muzzin, Muzzin was uh, Doughty's partner at that. Yeah, point. yeah, yeah. This is bad blood that's been boiling over for a while. This isn't just like oh you fell on my goalie and hurt him. You may or may not did it. This is you're an, an asshole and I'm gonna flick this puck at you because I'm gonna be an asshole. Is the next game gonna be like Edmonton, Alberta, Edmonton, Alberta, and Calgary, Alberta? Battle of Alberta. The brawl that happened last year is that what's gonna happen this year? I doubt it, but I would say that the Leafs do have a couple guys that would easily spin the mitts with them. Um, Muzzin, I think, would fill them in. Wayne Simmons, that would be a mistake. Uh, he would fill them in. Nobody talks. Luchus is going to be flying around too. Like there's going to be up there for. Well, Luchus needs to focus on his own game. Maybe not worry about dropping the mitts. If that guy could, you know, score a goal or. What do you mean? He's got like five points right now. (laughs) Yeah, finally after. uh, I think was it last year. Don't say finally. He's been playing great. Yeah, like, well, I would. Like, he's not supposed to be. He's not supposed yeah, to be he's, goals, and he's supposed to be just being out there, being a dink. Yeah. Yeah. he brings a veteran guy. role to our team. It's all he's there for. So okay, so then my question to you would be then: so when Kachuk went nuts on Muzzin, if you watched the other guys that were on the ice at that point, they basically did nothing. Like you could barely get them to grab a jersey. They didn't even look like they cared. It was kind of like. Man, you're an idiot, kind of thing. Like, what are your what are your thoughts on that, Jess? Because like, if I'm Kachuk, maybe that's why he freaked out. Maybe he's like, you guys can't even stick up for me. Like when the Leafs played uh, Winnipeg the other night, uh, Neil Ponick went after Martner at the end of the game, and Shifley knew that Pon or Pionk or whatever his name is was an idiot and shouldn't have done it, but he still grabbed the guy because he's like, that's my guy. I'm going to protect my guy. It looked like the Flames didn't even care. I think I think the refs had it pretty under control, and I mean, it's the end of the game. Emotions are boiling. I think the boys just want to get off the ice after a loss. And I see what's going on, but I don't think they're going to fight. Like, I don't think Matthew Kachuk's dropping the gloves with Jake Muzzin. I think he's just going to smoke him behind the net like he, he did to Cassian. Cassian. But he fought Cassian too, though. Yeah, yeah. but not till a game and a, a game and a half later almost. Well, after he buried him 10 times. Yeah, like... <laughs> that was great. That was great. Like, we got... How many more times do we... I think we play them six more times or something yeah, this year. I think so. we played eight times, so... Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a good matchup. So after but I think that, the just, reason... Uh, carry on, Jess. Carry on. I think, I think the reason why Kachuk was so upset that he flipped the puck at him, I think he was just being, you know, a bit of, you know a douchebag and just like doing some uncalled for that you don't need to do and he's just on his knees not really doing anything he's minding his own business back there you know celebrate with your team enjoy the win you know just trying to start stuff i get what he's doing you know trying to get the boys revved up because like and all in all i don't think the leafs are playing to what they're supposed to be playing i think they could be a little better so i mean maybe he's just trying to get the boys fired up but i i think kachuk's just gonna smoke him take a big hit on him he's a he's a small guy everybody underestimates him and I think he's going to run Muzzin through the boards and Muzzin's going to freak out, <laughs> drop his gloves, and, you know, he's going to go to the box. And that, and then Kachuk's going to skate away with the power play. Will he if we want? He feel shame. 
I hope so. <laughs> All right. With that being said, though, boys, I just want to get your final takes here on where do you think uh, your teams are headed here for the rest of the season? What do you see the, in store for the boys here? I'm going to go right here first. So I just want to make a little comment about the Flames before I get into the Leafs. So they're 3-3-1. Uh, three, no, three, no, three, yeah, go ahead. 3-3-1. Three, three they, they, I agree with Jess. They have come out at a decent start, probably not as high as expectations. Uh, Markstrom's been solid. I know you did that in your bold prediction, Steph, that he's going to win the Vezna. If he keeps playing like this, there's a decent chance that he might actually do it. So, I mean, Definitely. good for you for, for calling that because his stats have been pretty good so far to start, like 2.18 goals against and uh, 9.18. Yeah. Like, two shutouts already. Two shutouts, yeah. He has been really good, so I think that's really good for Calgary, and that's, I think, why they're going to make the playoffs out of those Western teams. Um, but they got to score more. You guys are struggling to put the puck in the net. You can probably oh, agree with that. Um, I think there's that's going to be your Achilles heel if, if you don't get that figured out. But getting on to the boys. So, saying the Leafs, yeah, 7-2-1, great start to start season 10 games in. They got a little break coming in here, going into uh, they have off till Thursday now is the next game. Uh, you know, they're scoring more goals than goals against, which hasn't been a theme for them um, other than last year. But the years before that, you know, they gave up a lot of chances. I really think if you watch the Leafs this year compared to years in the past, they've really limited uh, scoring chances against. Um, they're not giving up, you know, 35, 40 shots. They used to do that religiously. And it would drive me nuts. Uh, they'd get trapped in their own end all the time. And I think that's probably just to do with the young guys just getting a little more a little older, a little more mature. Now you got veterans like uh, you know Brody back there with Riley, which just made a huge difference on the D, the D end. Justin Hall has turned into a really good player. Um, he went from mediocre to really good very quickly. Um, he just turned 29. He's kind of right in the prime of his career. So for him, to, I mean, that's huge for us to have uh, have him with Muzzin on the back end. Our top four is solidified. Um, you know, Anderson's been okay. I wouldn't say he's been great. He's been good since the first two games. I thought he was awful in those first two games. Since then, he's been pretty good. Um, so he's not really too much of an issue for me right now, as long as he, you know, he's still being Freddie, a little inconsistent. But I can see them. I think they're going to be battling with Montreal for the rest of the season uh, to win the division. It's good for the two. Montreal is a really good team in the division. And uh, I feel like the Leafs are really good. And I think they're still be, it'll be one or one of Toronto or Montreal that wins the division. The other one's going to be second. So I think that uh, their strong play is going to continue. I think that, you know, they've had a lot of games where they still haven't been, you know, at the best that they can be. They they got a lot of gritty wins and a lot of wins that, you know, they just kind of pulled up their pants and, and got the job done. Um, but I don't think that they're playing at their top level yet. So I think uh, the Leafs still have more to show, but they've had a really good start to the season. Sounds like a true Leafs fan. I love it. Um, Jesse. Hey, I think the Flames have really, they started off really, really good. We looked really good. But uh, I think the biggest issue that I'm having right now is how the league scheduled our break. That was stupid. Like, five games, like five, five, games five days. days. Yeah, we get nine days off. No, five almost. days like, off. Five days off. It was Thursday four. to Sunday, so. Yeah, we're on that We're on that break right now. Like, we're off. We are Today's our first day off. We don't have a game until Thursday now. So. Yeah, yeah, you're on your five-day break. Yeah. I think just how we got scheduled, it was like a little bit longer than five. I think it was seven days. So it was just like the gap in between games because we played and then you'd have a day off and then you would have played again. 
and then how they had it scheduled that we had a day off after our five-day break and then another one happened so that was kind of stupid i wasn't too happy about that it kind of just threw the momentum off a lot but i mean i get it you know it's yeah, the league's got to do what they got to do to make the season work um but i feel like um david riddich not a great start to his his season and we need him to be really good I don't find I don't really want Marshall to be like our number one solidified goaltender. I want to have that one D guy that can come in and play really, really well when we need him to. Um, I think what we really, really need is if we're gonna trade Bennett. I think I mean that's how crazy this sounds. I think we need need another puck moving D man. I feel like Geo's getting a little older. Um, and there's not too many guys that are going to be able to step up and fill those shoes. And I think that's going to be a big, big thing that we got to address. And if Bennett wants out, I think we could really address it with him. Because, you know, sixth overall pick could could bring a big puck-moving guy back. Like, we got the defensive side of the game kind of handled. I feel like we're really good defensively on the defensive side of things. Um, but, like, our forwards need to, I don't know, skate back a little bit more, you know, play a little better defensively. Because they're just relying on our D-men to kind of bail us out every single time the puck goes back. But, I mean, I, I get why the Forge are doing that. Like, we're ranked, I think, number two or three for defensive for D in the league. So, I can understand why they're doing that. Um, I think another big thing is, I think Kachuk's not playing that great. I think he's kind of mixing it up a little too much. Maybe worrying about everybody else than worrying about his own game. Johnny Gaudreau's been firing out of the gate. Like he, I think he's got three goals in the last two games. He's been playing really, really well. Um, I don't know. I honestly don't see the great. I'm not really liking what I'm seeing. Like we played good last inning against Montreal, but I think we just got good goaltending, honestly. Um, but the big thing is Monaghan not playing good. I think he has a couple points, maybe two or three. Like He doesn't look that great right now. Um, he's not been the controlling, uh, like, solidified goal scorer that he was in the past. Um, but you know, maybe maybe we don't need to trade Ben. Maybe we need to trade Monahan. I think we need to mix it up a bit. I do think so. I think we're getting a little. Wow, I like G off Ward. I think he's doing a really good job on the bench. Um, but, Earlier in the podcast, we were uh, talking about Pittsburgh and like maybe if they need to start shipping some guys out. Would Gino be a fit in Calgary? I think so. I mean, he'd be a fit anywhere. But, yeah. But but like yeah, I think he would be. Team, the. The problem, yeah, like, I feel like the problem with that is, do you want to pay him the 8.7 for a couple more years that he's got left? Like, how's he how's he really playing? Is he looking like the old Gino, or is he just, you know, is he starting to slow down finally? I don't know. I guess time will tell this season. I, but I honestly do think the Flames are playing really well, um, but I also think that has a lot to do with our goalie, so... I think that's. I, I am a little worried, boys. I don't. I don't see us. I, I want to say that you know we're the best team in the North Division and we could easily win it. But right now, I, I don't see it. I don't. I just see that. I think yeah. Right. Right. Hit the. Right. Hit the hammer on the nail there, and I think he's correct. It's probably going to finish one of those two teams in the top one two spots. By the way, it looks at yeah. that moment. Yeah, Jesse, I think so. Jesse, do you got uh, two questions for you? Do you got the Flames making the playoffs? And um, <laughs> he's a Flames fan, bro. No, I know. And is Sean Monaghan turned out to be a little bit of a dud? Like, when he came in, I know there's a lot of people saying that he was going to be, like, the next Mark Shifley, that that was supposed to be, like, his comparable. And it just seems like he kind of just hasn't fulfilled that potential um, of being that, like, you know, number one centerman kind of type. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Playoffs and, and I, Monaghan. Uh, the playoffs I'll address first. 
I think if we play, I think if we could turn it up, I think we can no problem win the North Division. Like, I think we could easily win it. I like it. I think we could run away with it. But there's a lot of things that need to come into place first. Like, we're we're really struggling, man. I noticed when we get down a goal in the first, like, we get the first goal, I'm pretty sure we lost every game so far. I don't think we've come back yet in a game. So in that, and the Flames are a big third-period team, and we've kind of been like that for the last three years, I think. Two years ago, we had the most third-period goals um, and the least amount of first-period goals. So I think that's a big issue. Um, but honestly, like, I really think we could easily win the North Division as long as, you know, we play like we did two years ago. Last year, we didn't look that great. Still, you know, still made the playoffs, still did pretty good. Lost to Dallas. So I was kind of happy about that. At least they went to the cup final. Um, wasn't a terrible loss. But, and then uh, Monaghan, ugh. He hasn't been my favorite. <laughs> Honestly, I don't. I'm not a big fan of him right now. I feel like he's. I feel like he's just a. He's out there. Like he's just. He's just missing. Like he doesn't. He's like. It's like he doesn't know what's going on anymore. He's. He used to be like a clutch goal scorer. He used to. He had like. I think he had eight game-winning goals two years ago. Last year, he was nowhere to be found. And to be such a big um, body out there and to be lost. Yeah, exactly. And he doesn't play big either. Like, he's a big guy. He's like 6'1", I think, two, almost 200 pounds. And he doesn't play a big role, which I wish he would throw his weight around a little bit more. He floats a lot. I, and you know what? He's not the best in the face-off dot, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> he's no, not that great in that. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Uh, I know... Uh, what you said about a lot of things that have to go right for the Flames to win the division. I think, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, at the same time, if my aunt, my aunt had nuts, she'd be my uncle kind of thing, right? So, <laughs> if ands and buts kind of, that's an if ands and buts kind of uh, a statement, but well, uh, I hear what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like we look, I feel like we look better than, you know, three quarters of the division, but just nothing's going right right now. Yeah, hey man, I said at the start that I had the Flames in the in the playoffs over Edmonton and uh, and Vancouver. Um, I just don't see just don't see Vancouver doing it this year. And Edmonton, I mean, Koskinen played good last night in, the, in an Edmonton win over the Leafs, but that guy, they're not making the playoffs. With that guy's a starter. It's just not. No, no. I think I don't think Travis Green gets extended either. You don't. I think they're pretty no. big fans. Should Edmonton just move? <laughs> to where? <laughs> the does Red Ed- Deer. Does Edmonton <laughs> trade Connor McDavid? Does McDavid does want out? Does oh, there's McDavid, no way. Does McDavid want out? If they I, miss I, the playoffs, yeah, I don't think he's going to put up with this, especially seeing all the other kids like ask for trades and force trades. But I do think McDavid wants to. Uh, he wants to I, win. Yeah, well, I think he wants to install himself as like a great by taking a team that was garbage yeah. and bringing him to a promised land. The problem with trading McDavid is what do you get back for him? 17 like, first round picks. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the problem. Like, it's not like back in the day where they would like trade Gretzky for money. Like, that's yeah. not happening anymore. No, yeah. no, no. So, uh, so ultimately, you're saying the Flames have been dog shit so far, but they're going to be better and potentially could win the division. No swearing, right? But uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think so. All right, I think, we, I think we've had some bad luck, honestly. Like, I think that break killed us, honestly. I think it took all the wind out of our sails. We looked like the best team in the division, and we were gonna run away with it. And I thought we were gonna do really well, and then that break took everything out of our sails, and we went 0-3 in the next three games. And then you know we had Markstrom bail bail us out last night. 
Um, he definitely stole that game against Montreal last yeah. night. And I honestly don't. I think like I mean uh, to be honest, Rai, I don't think your your Leafs are going to do as well in this uh, the next 20, 30 games. Like I think it's going to be a little bit of an uphill battle for you. Leafs are the same like always, right? Play really good at the start, crap in the crap in the middle, and then good at the end for a final push. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I disagree with that because uh, if you look at last year, the Leafs when they saw they saw Babcock the first month and bit of the season, they were dog crap. Like they mm-hmm. they uh, were under five hundred, and they were lucky to get back to a spot where they were going to make the playoffs under Keith. Um, but last year was the first year that they didn't have the hot start and fall off in the middle. It was actually the opposite. Um, and actually, with with Anderson playing terrible in the first two games, I didn't think they were going to get off to a good start. But he seemed to turn it around and. You know, obviously sitting at seven two and one is a lot better than three three and one, so I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 uh, it's been it's been awesome to to hear your outlook, Jesse, on the Flames. I, I this whole Bennett thing, it kind of strikes me as as new news, especially just dropping last night. And you said yeah. he's a sixth overall pick. So, what exactly kind of player is Sam Bennett? Like for someone who's not a Flames fan, they don't really watch him. Like. If he gets traded, what could a team like uh, Pittsburgh or, say, Ottawa, like, if, if if you could describe Sam Bennett as a player, where do you see him in five years from now? Like, what kind of line would he play on? Um, what kind of style of game does he bring? I think he brings, like, a like a, a great second-line guy. Like, you know, like someone you definitely need to, to win a cup with. He's not going to be the most flashiest guy out there. He's got a ton of speed. He throws his weight around, and he's not a big guy. He loves to hit. He, the biggest thing, you know what? I see a lot of uh, like Brady Kachuk in, in in Sam Bennett. Like I feel like they're similar players. They can bring, they bring it every night. They don't, they don't back away from a battle. Um, the other, the other thing is, he isn't a. He's he's a supporting cast. He's not going to bring a, a line to where you want it to go. But he can definitely support if you have a couple other guys that can play around him. He he basically just digs in the corners, gets the puck out, gets it to the center of the ice where you need it, and he's always battling. He ne- never gives up. Yeah, no, no, that's f- that's fair for sure. I just I I never like the the only thing I remember him is dropping the mitts last year and him being kind of more of like a third line grinder guy. Yeah. I didn't realize like he was the sixth overall pick. Yeah, uh, he's, he's the guy that didn't couldn't do a pull up in the combine. No pull ups. I said that. Yeah. yeah. What's uh what's rush what's third line center in Russian? Because I think that's where he's gonna be playing in uh, five oh. years. That's big that's big oh, talk no. for someone uh, drafting. Where's Goche? Where's Goche, Rye? Where is he? <laughs> oh yeah. Where is he? Not on the lease because he's not good enough. Yeah. But uh, boys, it's been great, Jesse. I think. Where's Ben Bishop? Where's Robin Leonard? Where's the Dano Chara? Don't get oh, started on that. Here we go, say again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey man, feel the thrill. There's nobody left from that Kessel trade on the lead. What a, what a legend! Feel the thrill. Who's eating? He's who's eating hot dogs out of a Stanley Cup right now? I mean, good for that guy. He's a legend. Yeah. He's got two anyway, of them. Boys, this has been a good time. Yeah. yeah, so I uh, just wanted to uh, say thanks, Jesse, for, for coming on. Actually, while you were talking about the Flames, I remembered that we got a buddy that works in their organization, eh? So maybe we can get Jesse back on one of these days and we'll get our uh, buddy who works in the Flames organization on and, and uh, get those two guys talking because I think that awesome. would be interesting. To- that sounds like a great idea, Ryan. 
to hear what uh, how that would go if you'd be nice enough to join us i think that would be uh, a cool podcast but uh oh thanks for for listening if you've gotten this far thanks for listening to this far and jesse thanks again for coming on as yeah, thanks, always boys. yeah thanks uh, jesse. thanks for tuning in everybody and we uh we hope that you can tune in for episode four next monday and uh have yourselves a good uh good start to the week take care go, go flames go, go.